Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Despite working in healthcare for nearly a decade, I am terrified of blood. It totally creeps me out. Anytime I have lab work done, I twist around in my seat so I don't have to look at the needle. A few years ago, a very kind phlebotomist noticed me squirming and she asked, are you afraid? Yes, I said. Have you ever fainted before? Once. Can I try something for you that works for my pediatric patients? Sure, I said, anything that will make this experience less unpleasant. She smiled and then, twinkle, twinkle, little star. (laughs) We laughed and sang and before I knew it, we were done. It did help. Last year, I worked as the chaplain for patients with sickle cell disease. I learned that a sickle cell pain crisis is more painful than childbirth or a gunshot wound. While there have been exciting advancements in sickle cell therapy over the past years, there is still no cure. Praying with my sickle cell patients, I often felt helpless to change their pain. But I realized there was something I could do to help them besides pray. One of the treatments for a sickle cell pain crisis is a blood transfusion, and I could donate blood. It would be easy. I could go to the MGH Blood Donor Center where I work, and I, in the same hospital where I work, I just had to get over my fear and my discomfort with seeing blood. I was really scared to go the first time. I wasn't confident, twinkle, twinkle, little star, Was it gonna get me through this extended blood draw? What if I pass out? What if I get sick? What if it hurts? When I arrived, I was pleasantly surprised to see a nurse's aide who I used to work with on one of my floors. She insisted to be the one to do my blood draw. She was so kind. She placed soft napkins over my arms so I couldn't see anything. And after about 10 minutes, I was done. I went to the waiting area, I had a snack, I drank some juice, I felt victorious. I did it. A few weeks later, I got an email informing me that I have O negative blood. I am the universal donor. I never knew that about myself. My blood went to help three people, maybe even one of my sickle cell patients. My love for my my patients helped me to overcome my fear. Courage is the mental or moral strength to do something that is dangerous, frightening, or difficult. The word comes from the Latin core, meaning heart, our emotional center. 
Courage is what happens when love asks us to face our fears and we answer. Courage is not about bravado or strength. It is heartfelt, spirit-filled action for the greater good. Courage resists complacency, the status quo, and passivity. It is one of our most powerful spiritual gifts. A chaplain colleague recently shared this story with me. In his travels, the Buddha came to a town where there was a brutal murderer named Angulimala who was terrorizing people, killing without remorse. The Buddha listened to the townspeople's stories hearing over and over again how Angulimala filled them with fear. They felt helpless to stop him. After listening for some time, the Buddha stood up and walked toward the road where Angulimala lived. The people chased after him, pleading for him to stop. Please don't go, they warned the Buddha. 10, 20, 30 people have tried to stop Angulimala and all have been killed. But the Buddha continued walking. When Angulimala saw the Buddha approaching, he prepared to kill him. As he ran to attack the Buddha, the Buddha stopped him in his tracks, suspending Angulimala in midair with his spiritual powers. Stunned, Angulimala cried out, stop monk, release me. The Buddha replied, walking forward, I have stopped Angulimala. You stop. Angulimala was puzzled. While walking, monk, you say, I have stopped. But when I have stopped, you say, I have not. I ask you the meaning of this. How have you stopped? And I have not. The Buddha replied, I have stopped Angulimala once and for all, having cast off violence toward all living beings. You, though, are unrestrained toward beings. That is how I have stopped, and you have not. Inspired by the Buddha's words, Angulimala threw his weapons over a cliff and committed to a life of nonviolence and contemplation. The Buddha does not accept Angulimala's terrorism. Though he has every reason to be afraid like the townspeople, the Buddha courageously, without weapons or armor, demands Angulimala stop killing. And it works. Courage does not need to be violent. It takes courage to face our fears when we have been conditioned to feel helpless. That helpless, helplessness can make us want to run away, it can cause us to cast each other off as monsters. Just as the townspeople felt helpless to stand up to Angulimala, we can feel helpless against the catastrophes of our time. How can we be like the Buddha and walk toward what we are afraid of for the sake of all living beings rather than cowering in fear? We may not have powers like the Buddha, but we do have something just as powerful, each other. 
A friend recently invited me to monthly phone banking potlucks for the next presidential election. I love this. I have never done phone banking before. I've always felt anxious about it. And the idea that my friends are going to be doing the same thing in the room next to me, it just brings me so much comfort. It gives me that courage that I need. Similarly, I know I'm not alone when I say, sometimes I feel anxious about going to a protest or a rally, but I've learned that going with a friend really helps. And I don't have to wait for a friend to invite me. I can invite a friend to go with me. Courage doesn't have to be a solitary act. Let's do it together. Invite someone to be your courage accountability buddy. You can debrief courageous acts together, validate how scary it was to face your fears, celebrate when you accomplish your courage goals. Remind each other every day, we are not helpless. We are courageous. With that said, being courageous does not guarantee that what we are afraid of happening won't happen. The second time I went to donate blood, I felt confident everything was going to go great. I ate a really big lunch with my coworkers, telling them how well my first donation went and encouraging them to donate too. When I arrived for my donation, I asked staff about what it's like to donate plasma or platelets. Maybe someday I could do that too. After my donation, I went to the waiting area to enjoy my free victory snacks. I picked out some lemon-lime Gatorade and some Oreos. The news was on, and it was all about Bill Belichick leaving the Patriots. I remember I started to feel kind of hot and then a little lightheaded, and I really didn't want to hear about Bill Belichick anymore. So I closed my eyes and leaned my head back, and the next thing I knew, I was surrounded by people in scrubs. They placed cold compresses on my head and my neck. They lowered me down to the floor. A kind person took out this cardboard partition to give me privacy, and someone else took my blood pressure. A nurse explained to me that I had had a syncopal episode. I had fainted. How humiliating. As I started to feel more steady, I asked the nurse, what is a syncopal episode? Why does it happen? She told me it's very common. After losing a large amount of fluid, your body sends blood to your, your core, to your heart and your vital organs to protect them. My body was working to protect my heart. I think I've been having a spiritual syncopal episode over and over again. The truth is it's not normally Bill Belichick on the news. It's stories that are so devastating that I wanna collapse in on myself to protect my heart from breaking. I feel the helplessness settle in and I want to just close my eyes. But I remember my spiritual ancestors. I remember all of you. I remember my family and my friends. I remember my patients. And I open my eyes from my heart center. I am not alone. 
I am not helpless. I am courageous. Dr. Aldo Rodriguez is a Mexican surgeon who has been working with Doctors Without Borders since 2018. Dr. Rodriguez has cared for patients in Yemen, Burundi, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and Sudan. And last November, Dr. Rodriguez traveled to Gaza, where he worked as a trauma surgeon until it became so dangerous that he was evacuated in early January. Dr. Rodriguez says, some of my most trying moments in Gaza were during the 20 to 25 surgeries I performed each day. I had very young patients who were the sole surviving members of their family and arrived to the hospital alone. I had cases of children one, two years old. Due to the high number of children arriving without any family members, we began using the acronym WCNSF, Wounded Child, No Surviving Family. Every day I saw these children alone and devastated. Some said they were playing just before they were injured. After the surgery, they were depressed, not wanting to talk. It's a dramatic situation because it's not just surgery, it's everything that comes after that. Even if they are discharged, they hang around because they don't know what to do. They don't have anywhere to go. They may get better physically, but mentally, it will never be the same. Before I left, says Dr. Rodriguez, the people I met in Gaza asked me to share what I saw and what I did during my time there and the pain they are in. They want people around the world to know what's happening and what they are going through. I saw for myself the heartbreaking aftermath of three months of this terrible war, each and every day. This siege and this indiscriminate violence, if it gets, must stop now, says Dr. Rodriguez. Dr. Rodriguez is very courageous. He was evacuated from Gaza earlier than he planned. He wasn't able to perform as many surgeries as he'd hoped, even though he performed hundreds. So now he does what he can from a distance, sharing stories of his patients in Gaza and asking, like the Buddha asked Angulimala, for the violence to stop. Let's take a deep breath together. There will be times when we feel helpless, when we feel faint and weak. We might feel ashamed to feel that way, ashamed of what we haven't and can't accomplish. This is when we need each other most. Remember, courage comes from love. We are not helpless. We are courageous. One more story about courage. 
Calvin is an 11-year-old boy living in New York City. He loves cats, especially his black cat, Spider. Calvin was interviewed on the radio about something that is equal parts exhilarating and terrifying, dating. At the time of the interview, Calvin had just started dating his first boyfriend. They met at their school's Gender and Sexuality Alliance meeting. Calvin says, he was really nice. He helped me settle in and I really liked him. I began to have feelings for him. I, I texted him and he texted me back. And I told him that I liked him. The next day he told me that he liked me too and that he knew I liked him. And then he asked me to be his boyfriend. I said, hell yes. Then Calvin offers this advice. If you like someone, tell them you like them. See what they say. If they don't like you back, it may be hard for you, but at least you took a chance. And with taking a chance, it helps. It really helps, believe me. I've been through that before. I took a chance and believe me, not everyone gets it the first time. Most people don't get it their first time, but it's worth it. Courage is taking a chance on love, on justice, on peace, on change. We must resist the voices that tell us that we are too small to make a difference. It did not take 30 people to stop Angulimala. It took one monk. We may not get it right. It can be difficult and embarrassing and absolutely terrifying. Our great efforts may yield only the slightest change in our lives and in the world. But that change is real, and we will feel it in our hearts. Last Friday, I received the following email. Hello, Erica. Greetings from the MGH Blood Donor Center. We just wanted to let you know that your donation is on its way to help save a life in need. Thank you for being an awesome blood donor. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Together, we are not helpless. We are courageous. May it be so today and always. Amen. Now for our benediction, I invite you to place your hands over your heart and namaste. I bow to the divine in you. Our benediction comes from Wayne Arneson. Take courage, friend. The way is often hard, the path is never clear, and the stakes are very high. Take courage. For deep down, there is another truth. You are not alone. Let us keep this faith, beloved, and pass it on. The service begins when this service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen.
please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.